Hello, Friday Night listeners. My name is Vivek Miragula, and this is Real Talk, where we're always rolling. Everybody, welcome to episode seven of Real Talk. What about a second rewatch? A study of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm here with my friends Rebecca. Hello. And Stone. Hello. And yeah, so as I said earlier, we're just gonna be talking about the Lord of the Rings trilogy for the next hour. So sit back, relax, and enjoy yourself. So before I before we start, I just wanna, you know, just get a general opinion. So like what are your guys just opinions on the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Just in general. Whoa, okay, so for me, Lord of the Rings trilogy, and even The Hobbit, I know it's just an unpopular opinion, but I can easily say that they're like my favorite movie franchise, just the Middle Earth franchise is like my favorite ever. I think the movies are super well made, they're not 100% accurate to the books, but I think that they still do them justice, and they just hold a very special spot in my heart, because I grew up with them, and I love them. No, I just... Overall, I think there's outstanding movies. The Lord of the Rings trilogy, at least. I mean, I know I'm not seeing The Hobbit, but Lord of the Rings movies are just so well made. Everything about them is just ridiculously well tuned. It's they're just great movies. Yeah, they they had like a whole year on like just pre production, which is like mm-hmm. in, insane filming yeah. wise. And then was it all three back to back that they filmed? Or? I'm pretty they, sure they filmed them all at once, right? Yeah, they filmed them all yeah. at the same time. So they would be working on like movie three and then the next day they'd be working on the first one and then the next day they'd be working on the second that's, one. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Peter Jackson did a yeah. fantastic job, especially with the budget he had. They did yeah. not have a very nice budget. It was not a big budget? No, no. no it was very small budget. It's why it's why a lot of it is, is uh, practical stuff, but you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that later. But uh, I just I just started want to start like this segment uh, just right now um we'll be talking about like fellowship and then next segment two towers and the next segment return of the king and then the fourth segment will just be like miscellaneous stuff i wanted to talk mm-hmm. about so you know let's just start like so i in my opinion and i was talking to stone about this like a little bit earlier in my opinion i think fellowship of the ring is still like the best lord of the rings movie i don't know why there's just like there's just like a vibe about this film that like the other two like have they still continue but, like, there's just something about this movie specifically. And what I wanted to really talk about was, like, the character of, like, Frodo. And so, you know, I don't think it's really a stretch to say, like, like Frodo's, like, one of the most, like, famous protagonists, at least in, like, fiction. Mm-hmm. I agree. But, yes. but it's it's just so, like, it's, like, I, like, nowadays, I think how, like, media is seen through, like, such, like, a meta lens. You know what I mean? It's, like, like there's always, like, satires, like, deconstructions of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird to have a character like Frodo who's just, like, so, like, just good for the sake of being good. And I think that was, like, that's so unique, even now, I think, as a character. So, like, what are what are your guys' opinions on, like, Frodo? I think Frodo is actually one of the most misunderstood protagonists or characters really? of all time. Because if you go online, uh, or, like, even, like, before online, people were, like, talking about this. Like, everyone kind of don't doesn't a lot of people don't like him because he a lot of people say that he got kind of um whiny mm-hmm. in the third movie like right. you know Sam like had to carry him like not literally but you know oh, oh, Sam, Sam carried, carried the movies Sam hard carried <laughs> <laughs> I know, don't get me wrong I love Sam I, th- I think he did carry a little bit we'll get to him we'll get to him but <laughs> yes but um yeah. yeah it's just people just I just feel like people don't really understand what Frodo went through with the ring and its right. corruption and people just pass him off as kind of being whiny and, oh, uh, he couldn't have done it without Sam, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the point of the that's movies, the point, but I yeah. can get into that later. But I love Frodo. He's very misunderstood, and he's amazing. I, mean, I think she just said it right there, I right. think. Yeah. I, didn't even cons- I, c- I didn't consider the uh, general opinion on it, but I think you're right that he does get a little whiny near the end, but that's kind of almost – part of the whole deal with mm-hmm. the struggle of carrying the ring and how bad the ring is and how it affects uh Frodo's mind and how all the other things culminating that's more of like return of the king stuff mm-hmm. yeah but 
I mean, Frodo is just he's he's good for the sake of being good, and as you said, a lot of things are more satire nowadays, and mm-hmm. it's something I think you can look back at like the older literature, not older, not super old literature, but you know, yeah. yeah. When was Lord of the Rings written? It was in the twentieth century. It was I mean, after World War after World War One. One or two. I, World War One, yeah, I believe. Okay, one, yeah, because Tolkien fought in World War One. Yeah. The entire thing. Yeah, he was in the Lord trenches. Of the that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah The yeah, entire okay. thing was kind of like Tolkien's idea about the war and basically mm-hmm. uh, the horrors of war. Which, you know, I watched, um, I, me and my buddies over winter break, we sat down for like 12 hours, watched the entire extended back to back to back. And, you know, but I'd watched them all previously once. And then I was like, okay, I remember this was about World War One almost. So I'm going to watch it through that lens of World War One, mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind how many things, like, you can just like, if you put things that characters would say and other stuff like that, if you put it through the lens, like the horrors of war. It just makes so much more sense. Oh, definitely. And, like, how Frodo can't go back home and he has to... Mm-hmm. He eventually has to go west. Has to go west. Like, mm-hmm. that, that entire stuff, like, just hits so much harder because I knew of Tolkien's struggles with World War One. I. I believe, like, he lost all of his friends, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a buddy who was read more in Tolkien than I have, but he was talking about how he, like, lost all of his friends through World War One and all this other stuff, all the horrible things that happened to him. Yeah, and it also, like, just deals with not just World War One, but in war in general, mm-hmm. when soldiers go, you know, international and they fight these wars and they come back after the war's done and they just feel like they can't fit back into yep. society. Um, like, you know, they go over there and they, you know, they kill other people for the sake of war and then they come back and they're just supposed to go to the grocery store and, mm-hmm. you know, buy their wife groceries as if they didn't kill a bunch of men over in Europe. And I felt like that's kind of how Frodo felt without, like, really the killing part. He, like, went over there. A bunch of traumatic stuff happened to him. Exactly, he came yeah. back. He couldn't just fit into that peaceful lifestyle You can just go back anymore. to, especially the yeah. Shire of all places, which is all about the peaceful life. Exactly. Nothing happens yeah. in the Shire. It's all very, like, normal. Yeah. The Shire is very much, I would I would like to say, it's like, like, I know now it's, what's it called now? It's like cottage core or whatever. I, I but like, But, like, but like, I think, it, at least in my thing, I think the Shire is the the idealized like European fantasy. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. it's just like rolling hills. You have like all the food you want. You can just you could just chill and just have fun, you know. And that's you know and and like uh, Stone was saying, like through the the Warlands, it's very much like you you leave home and you know Mount Doom. And, you know you can see so like the dust and like the ash. Which I guess you could also like relate to the trenches and like even even them talking about like how much their like feet hurt is like you could talk that mm-hmm. about them just like constantly marching, and so you know I think you know like like both you said, you know I I love Frodo you know and it's just yeah like especially at the end of the movie when he chooses to like go with Gandalf like to wherever I'm not a really big Tolkien guy so I don't know if they like follow up on that, but I always saw that as like. Gandalf like taking Frodo to like like I don't necessarily say it's like a metaphor for therapy but it's just like it's just like happiness you know just like eternal happiness it's like they they literally sail off into the sunset and Sam is able to to um be with his wife and his kids and you know like the people who can readjust to the society they readjust and the people who can't they're taken to like a better place, and so you know you can have whatever metaphor you want for that. But that's interesting. I never thought mm-hmm. about Sam. Sam stayed behind while Frodo went away. Yeah, and they both experienced yeah. the same. Well, I guess Frodo held the yeah. ring. But, but. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I also just wanted yeah. to add that um, they don't really touch on what happens to Frodo and Gandalf per se once they go west, because mm-hmm. once they go west, they're just pretty much gone. Right. But um, but actually, what happens with Sam afterwards is that he goes he goes on to become mayor of the Shire. I don't know if y'all knew this. Is that in the books? No, it's not. Similarly? Like, I've not read it, any of that stuff. I, don't, so I, don't I, haven't re- I haven't finished the Similarly, so yeah. I don't think it's in the Similarly. Uh-huh. But it's it's in one of Tolkien's works after gotcha. he finished the books. Because, okay. you know, he finished the books and he kept Oh, yeah, and, and he just has, like, afterwards. so much uh-huh. stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Sam goes on to become mayor of the Shire, and he's really, you know, put down about just how much Frodo is forgotten in the Shire because mm. the hobbits don't realize what Frodo really did because they're just kind of sheltered from the rest of the world. Right. And I also feel like that's another war analogy, how like these soldiers came home and people just kind of forgot that they went over there and pretty much almost gave the ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. for them, uh, especially after the Vietnam War, which I know wasn't Tolkien's time. Yeah, yeah. it still applies. Yeah, it yeah. still applies, yeah. really, and it will apply to any future war as well, which I hope right so <laughs> yeah so so very quickly i think we have like about like three to four minutes 
uh, just before this segment ends. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just sort of wanted to talk about, um, I guess, like, just uh, the sort of one of the biggest things about Fellowship of the Ring is the fact that, like, all the races are coming together. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. And so, you know, um, I guess, like, and as you said, if you look through, through the World War One lens, it's like all these nations coming together to sort of, like, beat the... Um, like the the bad the bad well, I don't want to say the bad guys if it's like the World War One lens but like for the sake of Lord of the Rings they're coming to beat the orcs or whatever and uh, what's his name Sauron yeah Sa- <laughs> yeah Sauron, Sauron. So they, they 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 have a lot of a lot of uh, names that have like the the S you know that's like mm-hmm. that's like evil but um I guess like now especially I think in like a world so divided I think it's really interesting especially like. Gimli and Legolas's arc of like mm-hmm, yes. like starting out of like especially hating each other. It's like oh this dude's like an ugly like like dwarf man and like oh this dude's like an elf dude who thinks he's like better than everyone. And then that that line in like Return of the King, especially when they're like I would never see myself, you know, die like fighting with an elf. You know, mm-hmm. how about fighting with a friend? I never imagined I'd be fi- dying fighting side by side with an elf. Yeah, yeah. It's you know it's such it's such a powerful line, and I think especially you know that can you know i guess just like teach a lot of people where it's like like people are so different but at the same time they're like exactly the same you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so you know it's it really is you sort of have that theory where it's like a lot of media has this theory where it's like oh humanity would need like a common enemy to all unite together which i feel is like such like a pessimistic way to look at it and like i guess even like lord of the rings sort of shows it a bit but you know, at the end of the day, I think what, like, fellowship is about, at least, is just, like, a group of people banding together. And it's, like, the film sort of ends, like, depressingly a little with, like, Boromir's death. And also, Boromir is a perfect oh. example of what you're talking about. Yeah. Boromir's yes. entire arc in that movie is incredible. Yeah. I also how believe he goes Boromir. From, Sorry. You know, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 go on. I also believe Boromir is one of the most uh, misunderstood characters yes. as well. Yeah, 100%. Like, he just goes from this guy who's kind of corrupted by greed and then he goes on to redeem himself. And I think yes. that's yeah. – it's it's a wonderful arc. I think that's something people forget yeah. about Fellowship is Boromir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think especially also seeing where Boromir came from and how, like, his brother was treated and especially who his father is. Oh, my God. It's like it, – That made me my least favorite character. Yeah. I mean, it's scene. just – oh, that's – it's so <laughs> nasty. It is. It's horrible. It's oh, like, the tomatoes. Can you, can, can you imagine that scene without the song? Like, if it was just him oh, eating. Oh, the song makes it so good. The though. song makes it mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But if it was just him eating tomatoes, I would have like just turned off the movie or whatever. I'm noticing a common theme. We keep jumping to Return of the King. <laughs> we do keep jumping to Return of the King because okay, it's the I, best one. That's why. It's, I still think Fellowship is the best one in my opinion. But you know, you want to know what else is also really cool and the best one? These PSA breaks, baby. So after these yeah. PSA breaks, we'll come back and we'll talk about Two Towers and we'll do our best to not talk about Return of the King because we, <laughs> we need to talk about that in segment three. And you can find that talk only right here on Real Talk. All right, everybody, welcome back to Real Talk, the only show where you can talk about movies with your friends on air, and Auburn will do stuff for you. So we're back with my friends Rebecca and Stone, and we're going to be talking about Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, and you can find that only here on Real Talk. All right, so let's just jump right into it. Um, So Two Towers, what are y'all's thoughts on uh, this one? Because this is sort of like the middle child, you know what I mean? It's the middle child. I think the two tower, towers did a really good job of progressing the story from the first one to oh, the yes. last one. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people say that this is their like least favorite one. And when people say least favorite pertaining to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it's really just like they're all so good and so close that you just... But if you had to order... If you had to, like yeah. if somebody like was like forcing you to. But yeah, 
I feel like the second one isn't as loved as the other two just because the first one introduces and then the last one, you know, completes it. Right. But I mean, oh, there are so we're many back to Return of the King, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sorry. fine, it's fine. But, okay, let's let's talk about something Return of the King yes. doesn't have. Let's talk about the Battle of Helm's Deep. This is this is probably I there are many lists of the greatest cinematic battles of all time and 9 out of 10, ten of them have Battle of Helm's Deep at the top. And I always like read those lists and I was like, okay, like like I I knew before I watched Lord of the Rings that there were good movies because like everyone talks about them. But I just wasn't prepared for how good this was going to be. You know what I mean? I mean Helm's Deep hits all the chords you need you have this yes. massive army of orcs coming for you it feels absolutely hopeless mm-hmm. it's uh set in the night um you know everyone's basically t- in this corner you're basically just fighting for your lives and it's um uh, it's just everything like in the, the charge to save them by gandalf and uh mm-hmm. was what, what do they call the uh um, the horse the riders are the riders Rohan. Rohan. Yeah. yeah all of them show i mean it's it's just so well paced yeah. and everything about it is yeah. I I remember reading a thing online where it was like Aragorn sort of had to earn that because Gandalf didn't like show up until Aragorn took his men like out of the fortress. You know what I mean? True. Like yeah. like he it wasn't like just like a, a sort of I guess it was kind of a Deus Ex Machina in a sense, but you know it had it been, was earned. It, yeah, it was earned enough, and Aragorn had to step outside the fortress and he had to be willing to give his life for for them. And so, you know, it's not just Aragorn, you know, you have, you know, it, and this is something I'll talk about is it becomes like sort of a problem later in the trilogy, the sort of like, I guess the superheroing of like Legolas. Okay, no, but the shield down the stairs. It's cool. Okay, I think in this you one, can't, you it's can't cool. Dog in the I am an apologist for that scene. You can't dog in that it's, scene. It's cool, but I don't think it fits the tone of like what's going on. It definitely was very flashy. It's so good. What's going I, I, on, but I still love it. I feel like it was less like Lord of the Rings, and it was like a Hollywood producer going like, hey, Peter Jackson, your fantasy movie is like marketed towards like a lot of like young the young male demographic. Can you have one of your characters do something cool? And Peter Jackson's like, all right, well, Aragorn, he's like actually story important, so he can't do anything super cool. Uh, no one's gonna really care about Gimli. I care about Gimli. I love him, but no I one. Love but like, you know, you can't have Gimli do a lot of cool things. So I guess we'll have like Legolas he do got it. Tossed. He did. He did get tossed. That's that's a funny. That's that's such a funny scene where he like. Toss me. Wasn't there was a line in the first one where he specifically goes like like don't don't touch me or whatever. And the he second one, that, yeah. he just like just toss me. And I was like, what? And it was, oh, God, it's just this. And, you know, this entire battle, I think if you cut this entire, like, like you just cut the scene into, like, the 45-minute segment that it is, you could say it. it's just a short film, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think there's there's enough character and there's enough stuff just in those, like, 45 minutes to where, like, like, if this was just a basic Hollywood movie, the entire movie would just be, like, 20 minutes of setup Battle of Helm's Deep, and then 20 minutes of ending. Yeah. But this is Lord of the Rings, so we need to have Merry and Pippin talk the trees. Which no, is that's really, good, though. It is good. I, I do want to say, though... The flooding of Isengard? That, that is such a good scene. That was a very good oh, scene. Two, two Towers. Goodness. I think Two Towers probably has it. the best, like, climatic scenes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Okay, maybe not the best, but, like, it has, like, really good climatic scenes it that is, you remember. It's amazing. Um, this... The way this movie starts, too, with Gandalf falling down with the Balrog, that's oh, crazy. Yeah. Can you imagine amazing. seeing Fellowship of the Ring, and then the next year you, you're going to the theaters again to see Two Towers, I, and it opens up with Gandalf versus the Balrog? That would be so—I I love the, the echo of Frodo's scream. Like, you can hear just, like, the distraught of it, and it's like Gandalf doesn't know how this is going to go, but he's, like, willing to put so much faith into, like, the rest of the Fellowship. That I think it's just like so amazing, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of people argue that that's like even crazier when you consider the fact that, like, Gandalf was kind of the glue that was holding the whole Oh yeah, no, definitely. Together. The moment, the moment Gandalf like he was like the one trusted person that was yeah that he was the competent. one person that was binding yeah. them all together because otherwise they probably would have like fought. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of like like when like a teacher leaves class, yeah. you know? Yeah. You, you, oh yeah. Yeah. You 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 always have like the dudes that go on their phones and then you have like the dudes that like leave the class and you have the dudes who are like, no guys, everyone has to like stay together. And, and so, you know, it's just it's you know, Lord of the Rings, I remember someone like described it as like Lord of the Rings is like the worst group project ever. Like they, <laughs> they all get split up and they all do like their own things. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I mean at, at the at the end they come through and they and, mm-hmm. and, and they pull that A plus. 
If but it works, it works. If it works, it works. But dear God, you know, I, I, I knew Lord of the Rings was a trilogy. I don't know why I thought they would get to Mount Doom in this one. It, Probably because it's called pacing? the Two Towers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. But isn't isn't the Two Towers supposed to be about uh, Gondor? Was that it was like one I, thought of, it yeah, was I thought it was about Isengard, Isengard and, and then Sauron. The like Sauron's, Sauron's yeah, Sauron. I thought that's what it was. I always thought it was about Gondor and then Isengard. Like those were the, like the because like those were the two climaxes. Gondor, what? not Gondor. Sorry, you know they're like there's so many places. Mordor, um, not Mordor. What is the where does Helm's Deep take place? Helm's Deep. Deep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Helm's, <laughs> Helm's, Deep, Helm's Deep has a tower, if I'm not mistaken. It's a small one. It's not yeah. like a massive it's, tower. Yeah. It's like yeah. a small little, you have, like a castle. You may be thinking of Minas Tirith that has the big ledge, but that's not really yeah. a tower. But Minas Tirith doesn't really get too much. No, yeah, that's not, the third not, movie. Not, yeah. time two towers. I mean, they, they, don't they have the bridge of Minas Tirith in the first one? I thought that was a thing they had very in shortly. If they do, yeah. they, like, they may have shown it. I yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's just a thing of like how big these movies are and how much stuff is in them. Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely yeah. hard to keep up. These with are very house. long movies. Oh my, these extended are, yeah. edition. Oh my, extended. I I will say if Two Towers definitely got a little slow at points in extended edition when I watched them all in a row. I yeah, think some of the end scenes were too probably bad. too much because you kind of just go back and you're yeah. kind of just talking for like five minutes mm-hmm. about random stuff but it all pays off because then the guy yeah. says the ends are going to war and that is like i, I just have a dumb smile scene. on my face yeah. every time he says that i you know i love i love mary mary and pippin's mm-hmm. arc in this because i think in in the first one they do sort of have that like because they really They're get comedy relief they really <laughs> get like roped into this like they just see sam and frodo then they get chased by like the equivalent of the grim reaper and they just go like all right i guess we'll go with you guys I know, like, just imagine, like, how good of a person you have to be to just I know. go along with this. Like, I that. think, in in my in my opinion, it's less of they're such good people, but I think the reason why Mary and Pippin are so brave is because they just don't know the consequences. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I feel like that's part of the. They arc also just don't want to let their friend down. Yeah, they don't want to let Frodo mm-hmm. down. It's that too. yeah. So I guess it is bravery, but I love their their thing of this. I I remember they they were talking about it, like they were talking to each other, and they're like. Oh, we we may not have a Shire to return home to, if like we mess this up. So I I love I love how you know and even they they kind of like I don't want to say like outsmarted, but they're able to like lead like Treebeard and his gang mm-hmm. to you know to start the floods, and I that was amazing. But you know um this is I guess this is a sort of more of a nitpick, but we were I was I watched all three movies with my family, and so. Uh, my parents got through fellowship like pretty fine. Like, like some fantasy words are kind of weird, you know. But like you know, like Bal- Balrog doesn't exist, so you don't have, you don't have to really worry about what it means. Um, my parents had no clue what any of the trees were saying. Like we had to turn on subtitles. It was oh yeah, I can't well, I cannot watch those movies without yeah. subtitles. It's I, I think it's part of Lord of the Rings using subtitles for because character names are pretty rough at times. Oh yeah, if you don't really know what you're going into. First time I watched it, I didn't know half the characters. You had to. Watch it again and become more acquainted mm-hmm. with what's yeah. going on. I think to get re- more enjoyment out of I it. I could definitely watch them now without subtitles, oh, just because yeah, no, I've seen those movies so many times. But the first ten times you watch them, definitely use subtitles. Yeah. I would. I would also go as far as to say the first time you watch this, if you're watching this with a friend, for for the love of all that's holy, just show them theatrical cut, man. Like yeah, just, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> like look, look, I extended edition is very cool for Lord of the Rings fans. But, like, just show them the theatrical cut. And then, like, if they want more, then show them the extended cut. Because can you imagine trying to show someone the extended cut of this movie and then, like, Fellowship or whatever? And like, it's four hours long. The only extended cut I would even show is Return of the King. Yeah, but, like, I yeah. feel... If I was going to show the extended cut. But even then, I feel like... And, then, and we'll get to it. I think there's some stuff in the extended cut of Return of the King where it's actually, like, worse, in my opinion. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. But but we'll get to that when we get to that. But, you know... um. But yeah, so let's talk about, you know, let's go back to Gandalf for a bit. How did y'all feel about, like, Gandalf the White? Just, like, in general, as, like, a concept. Uh, I loved it. Super, super cool. Um, It's also, like, I don't know if y'all picked up on this. I picked up on it when I was watching the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, I read about it later, like, in a Tolkien biography or something. But a lot of, not, like, the entire series, but a lot of the series is actually, like, a big analogy to the Bible. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. We were actually just talking about this. Yeah, we, we were yeah. talking about that. But yeah, so Tolkien, uh, yeah, Tolkien, you know, was 
Catholic, I believe. He was Catholic. I think so. And I don't he, he actually exactly converted C.S. Lewis, his friend, who wrote Narnia, mm-hmm. into yeah. Christianity. But I don't, I don't, yeah. I think he was, I don't think Lewis was Catholic, but, yeah. um, but so, yeah. yeah. So I feel like, so Gandalf's resurrection is actually a big analogy to like Jesus Christ's right, re- right. Uh, resurrection. Yeah. I thought that was like really cool and I like heard it. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's something I definitely, next time I watch the movies, I want to look more into more of the Christianity side of things and mm-hmm. how it relates yeah. to the Bible more because yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting way. Like even if you're not religious. Oh, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things that's cool. Even if you're not religious, yeah. you can just watch those movies. It'd be like, oh my gosh. Bible reference, or <laughs> yeah. you know, when I mean, when I watched it and Gandalf came back, I was like, okay, this is cool. I mean, I guess it's kind of a cop out, but like, it's you know, this this isn't this isn't Game of Thrones. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be like all serious or whatever. Oh, yeah, like, 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 you know, John, like, like John Snow. Yeah, I I I remember uh, I remember George George R R Martin has like a famous quote where he's like where he's quoted with saying like, if I like wrote Lord of the Rings, like I'd make sure Gandalf like stayed dead. And I am so happy that that man does not write books anymore. <laughs> okay, well, George R. R. Martin can shut up, so. Yeah. Like, okay, look. I love Game of Thrones. I, I, I love Game of Thrones, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, Lord of the Rings is just, like, I think just as, like, a piece of fiction. It is it is the fantasy novel. Yes. It is higher than anything most people have written. It is like it's its own mythology. The man Wait, wrote his it, own language. Yeah, it pretty much revived the entire fantasy genre, didn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. It he's did. literally the father of modern fantasy. Yeah, because before that was just like old English stuff, like Beowulf. But then Tolkien came and took all those old English and old like Saxon con- like mm-hmm. fantasy concepts yeah. and turned them into basically what fiction like fantasy is now, like what uh, Game of Thrones uses, what Dungeons and Dragons uses, what any high fantasy uses is lord of the rings base no matter if they try and deny it or not yeah. but you want to know what never gets old what these psa oh breaks baby <laughs> so after these psa breaks we'll talk about return of the king finally, finally and you can find that discussion only right here on real talk All right, everybody, welcome back to Real Talk, where I'm joined with my friends Rebecca and Stone, and we're finally going to be talking about Return of the King, even though we've talked about it for the past two segments, technically. But it's fine, just ignore that. So are you guys ready to talk about um, what people have decided is the best Oscar-winning, best Academy Award-winning movie of all time? Yeah, it actually just got overcame by everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, it was, like, the most awarded movie of all time until that movie yeah. like, a couple weeks ago. Both great took movies. There, there, everything, everywhere, all at once is an amazing movie. Oh, I love that movie. And, I think it deserved it. But I was I was also talking about how they had they had run a, a poll of all the, the previous, like, best, uh, best movie winners for, like, all the Oscars. And, you know, and the, the final two was, like, The Godfather and Return of the King, and Return mm-hmm. of the King won. Oh, yeah. And so, like, this is this is an amazing movie. By the way, if you are so inclined to see this movie, it's in it's going to be in theaters on the 19th. I was going to mention that. So, it, the, the closest one, at least if you're listening in Auburn, Alabama, the closest one's in Montgomery. So, that's, that's going to be kind of a drive, but... If you wanna, if you wanna go see it, if you're so inclined, if you wanna go see it, it's there. But you know, let's you know, let's just talk about it. So, I think you know a character that we've kind of, I mean, we talked about him a little bit, but like I think like character wise that we kind of neglected to talk about is like Aragorn, and so he is when he is introduced, he is in my opinion the the archetypal like oh, you know, I have a mysterious past and, like, I'm technically, like, the son of, like, the king. You know those, like, sort of, like, OCs that, like, <laughs> you, you make at, like, 15? Yes. Where, where, like, you're, like, the coolest guy ever? Or, like, yeah. or, like a 13-year-old. Like, yeah, or, like, first like, D&D character yeah. and they make him, like, a thief. Yeah, and it's like it's like oh, I don't play by the rules of the river. That that's Strider. Yes, yeah, Strider. And, and, like and he goes like, my name's not Aragorn. I'm not the son of a king. I'm Strider, and I have a secret elf wife he's or whatever. So edgy, but he does it so well. He's he's, he's, not, he's not even that edgy. He's only he's edgy not, in the first scene he's in, and yeah, past I mean, like, that, he's just normal. Only at the only beginning. Yeah. yeah okay. The, the the scene with him in the cloak and standing at like the corner of like exactly. the bar or whatever. It's like, dude, please. 
like just just talk to people and so it's his arc of sort of like accepting that he's like the king and especially in in yeah that's why the movie's called return of the king yeah but especially when he gets like the sword again when it's reforged yes that's that's such a cool moment when yeah arwen goes up yeah. to um oh my gosh her dad I... Oh my gosh, I know his name. Hugo, he is, Hugo Weaving. You just call him Hugo Weaving, you know. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh my gosh, what is Arwen's dad's name? Oh my god, I cannot believe that I'm forgetting this. When I, when, when I, I, I should know this as well. I'm kind of mad. Whenever, I'm not blanking. When, whenever, okay, listen, whenever Hugo Weaving Elf gives him the sword, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's amazing, but... I mean, that's the entire movie, though. Yeah. Every, every, almost every scene is just amazing. Elrond. 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 Yeah. He does not like humans, by the way. He doesn't. He's, he's kind of... He's like, learned his lesson. I don't like how nice. It's actually but... cool is that um, Aragorn's actually part elf too. If you didn't know that, is, is he really? Yeah, it doesn't really oh. touch on it in the movie. It definitely touches on it more in the books. Right. And they like maybe this summer really. I I still have. Is that why Elrond's so cool with him marrying Arwen? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say he's cool with it. I don't know if you. I don't know if they. I've not read the books, so I do not. I don't. I haven't seen the theatrical editions. Um, oh, I've only seen clips of theatrical editions, but I've only really ever watched extended. But the whole scene run. And Return of the King, when Arwen finally agrees to go west with the rest of the elves, and then mm-hmm. she sees a vision of Aragorn picking up their child, like in the future, and she runs back. So this is yes. literally one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Oh, it's she, a great scene. Yeah. yeah, she runs back. She goes back to her dad. She's like, "You did not tell me I had a son." And he's like, "This this whole mission's probably gonna fail anyways, and then we will all die." Blah 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 and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, but I wouldn't say that's he's, like he ends up accepting her spot, decision. Yeah. 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 It's but Arwen's definitely a character that does not get enough screen time, I would say. In oh, movies. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, she gets that one cool scene in Fellowship, and then past mm-hmm. that, it's kind of like yeah. nothing else. Yeah. I mean, it's just, um, God, what else is it? Uh, She's kind of like the emotional not, anchor for not, Arwen. Not Arwen. Eowyn? Yeah. Uh, oh, I could talk that for was, hours on That Eowyn. was a weird huh? romance. Oh. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even a romance technically, but like her little crush on Aragorn at first. <laughs> I love this. I love this scene where she goes like, "Wait, if how were you alive then?" And then and then Aragorn just goes like, "Yeah, I'm like 87 or whatever." That's that's why he's able to live so long is because he's part elf. Oh, yeah. I yeah, he's 87. He's <laughs> he is he's old. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I guess compared to like other people in like the the fellowship, like age doesn't really factor in, especially when you have Gandalf skewing it. Like well, so not, far, yeah. Gandalf is th- like tens of thousand years old because yeah. he's actually not like human. He's no, actually, no. If you read the Silmarillion, I, be- I believe this is when the Silmarillion, like what the Silmarillion talks about, is that like Gandalf's actually a kind of like the Middle Earth version of a demigod, mm-hmm. and he comes down. He's there to guide mankind, and that's like what all the wizards are for: Saruman, Radagast the Brown, Gandalf the Gray, or Thin White, and then the two blue wizards that are never really they're never talked about in the movies. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if they're if they're not really super important, I think the movies did a good job of cutting stuff out from the books because these yeah. movies are very long as much as like they need to be. Yes, I, that's why I said they're like they're almost yeah. perfect adaptation. Yeah, even oh, if they're not one hundred percent. Actually, I won't mention. I was going to talk about Tom Bombadil, but we should probably talk about Return of the King. I do wish that the movies included Tom Bombadil. Because I got to I that point say. in the books, and then I stopped. because I mean that was a very big part of the book to cut out. It was Tom Bombadil. He was like kind of the beginning portion of Fellowship. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, Return of the King. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I love how so, when we get to Return yeah. of the King, we start talking so, about the other movies. Vivek, what was what, what did you not like about the pacing? Okay, yeah. So I I was talking I was talking about this. So extended editions for Return of the King. Saruman's death scene. You keep that, like obviously. Uh, but so for Ar- for the Ar- Aragorn's ghost thing, Aragorn's ghost army. Um, you two know this these movies so well. I feel so bad about saying everything informally, but no, you're so fine. But uh, Aragorn's ghost ghost army. So. In the in the extended editions, when he's going to go get it, you sort of have these like extended com- comedy scenes, and then the like, Gimli goes like, "Whoa, we're in a cave full of skulls or whatever," and then like you just have it, and then you sort of see like Aragorn argue with the ghosts, and then they like agree to work for him. So when the like the battle is happening later on in the movie, in the extended editions, like you know Aragorn's going to show up with the ghosts, but in the theatrical cuts, it's sort of like. They go into the cave. Aragorn's like, "You will follow me," and then it cuts, so you don't know what happens. Oh, so you're talking yeah. about the theatrical edition? You were talking about extended? Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, theatricals. I can't yeah, so theatrical. That's what happens. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so I think I think the theatrical 
uh, cut handles that scene so much better, in my opinion. Mm. Really? Because it 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 leads up the 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 suspense of it because it really takes in because the entire thing of the ghost army is like, you know, we only follow you if you're like the king, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, they they're really playing up the fact of like, do people accept Aragorn as their new king? And so, you know, you have everyone. Like who's like who's already been friends with Aragorn, or who's every everybody like knows knows Aragorn. Be like, yeah, dude, of course you can be the new king. Like you're you're cool and whatever. But do like these people who like know the old kings? Do they accept this like newcomer as like their new king? And so I think the theatrical cut of them showing up and it being a surprise is much better than the the extended edition, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually mm. kind of disagree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand your reasoning, right? But I actually kind of disagree. I feel like you need to know the like how Aragorn convinced them to come oh. with him. In the yeah, place. that and like, like the whole point of that, like they couldn't really argue because the ghosts were kind of, they were a little, a they deal, were kind of right? forced. Yeah, yeah, they made a deal before yeah. they died, and the reason that they're there and not moved on was because they didn't. I don't. They didn't live they up didn't to fulfill, that deal. They, uh, they, yeah, they yeah. didn't fulfill the deal. The deal. They, yeah. Eternity as ghosts, I believe, and they had to fulfill the deal. Mm-hmm. Right. So once Aragorn came in, they proved himself. Yeah, that's why. They, because at first the ghosts were like, "We ain't helping you." Like, right. like what Who's can you do guy, for yeah. us? And Aragorn's like, "Oh, I'll let you free." And they're like, "You can't let me free." And then he shows them Andriel his sword, and they're like, "Oh, oh crap! Yeah, you can't let us free." So mm-hmm. then that's when they're kind of forced to go along. But I mean, they did agree to it. Not that like they did it against their will. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, it it really just is like a matter of opinion, and I'm sure there's someone, oh, yeah. there's I'm sure there's someone out there who will make like the ultimate Lord of the Rings fan cut edition, and mm-hmm. it's gonna be advertised as the most like incredible Lord of the Rings authentic experience. And there's gonna be some dude out there who's like, yeah, no, I don't like this version. You know, it's because like there are so many fan edits of these movies. Mm-hmm. There's like, I know there's like that twelve hour mega cut where it's just one seamless movie, and it's like. I'm sure you could watch that version. I don't know why you would want to, but... I don't know why you wouldn't want to. (laughs) It's a very long movie. I I know we we were talking about this a bit, where, like, you're like, oh, I can't see these movies individually. I have to see them back-to-back. I I don't have that problem with this trilogy, but, like, I was talking about it a bit earlier in, like, a previous episode, like, Back to the Future or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have to see those movies, like, back-to-back. At least, like, one and two I need to watch back-to-back. But with Lord of the Rings, I can watch Fellowship of the Ring on like a, a like a weeknight or whatever, and I'll be like, yeah, that was a good movie, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, let's talk about Return of the Kings like four different endings. When four I endings? <laughs> oh yeah, when I whenever I was watching this movie and it kept fading to black and it kept having like swipe transitions, and at a certain point I was like, okay, dude. You got you got to end this movie oh. somehow. Yeah, the oh. Minas Tirith scene, then the the Frodo going off to the west scene, and, and then blah, blah, blah. and then Sam. Okay. okay, them closing it on Sam closing the door and that like, was being with his kids. Ending. That was so amazing. But when I was watching it, I was like, dude, please end this movie. It's it's a very good movie. I was the opposite. I mean, I was just kind of. <laughs> I was, I was like, please don't let it end. I liked every additional scene they added on because it just made me, it hit me in the feels because mm-hmm. the entire deal was like go back to the war thing. Um, it's kind of like the end of that journey coming back and Frodo's entire dealing with it. I mean, I was tearing up a little bit near the sand right, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, It was really well done, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I've seen I've seen the trilogy, especially uh, Return of the King. I actually believe I've seen Return of the King more than the other two because it's, it is my favorite one. I know that's not uncommon, but the scene, it doesn't matter how many times I watch that dang movie, the scene where Aragorn's like, you know, um, crowning and stuff, Mm-hmm. You know, kisses Arwen, oh, and then yes, they all bow yes, to him. Yes, and then he turns to the hobbits, my, the four one of my them, favorite scenes. and yeah. he goes, "My friends, you bow to no one." And then they, everybody in Minas Tirith, just starts bowing to those four hobbits. Yeah. I, like, I'm getting chill bumps right now just yeah. talking about that scene. That, I, I want to talk it. about that scene. Is today, that from that the books? Like, yeah, it is yeah. from the that books. Is, okay, that's that an amazing. Scene. Did he say something about no matter how small? Is that something? Is that that's something Frodo says later? No, they no. Someone says, I swear. It was, I'm pretty sure it was Gandalf. Gandalf, Gandalf said, yeah. Yeah, Gandalf. Because he was the one that always had to defend his choice again, mm-hmm. like about choosing the Hobbits. Because it's in the Hobbit. I, I know you haven't seen the Hobbit trilogy, yeah. but in the I've extended the yeah, in the extended edition of the Hobbit trilogy, there's a scene where Galadriel uh, meets Gandalf, um, like out in like the balcony of mm-hmm. um yeah, where they're staying with Elrond. And she goes, Why the Hobbit? And he's like and then that's when he says, like, no matter how small or, mm-hmm. like, the 
they may be small, but, but I can't remember the quote right now. Yeah. But that's what he says. That. Quote, but I just yeah. love that entire thing. Like yes. my friends, you bow to nobody, and it's like the four hobbits, like the people no one expects anything exactly. out of, and they're the exactly. heroes of the story. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool because anyone can, you know, do it, better. And be yeah, a good it really person. goes to show how like. I feel like you're not like destined for something. You can, exactly. You do it yourself. You can do something yourself. I think that's like in like Argorn, he's the guy destined to become king, mm-hmm. and he's like all that in the movie. But the real heroes of the story are the hobbits. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah. I just feel like that's one of the over like overarching themes of Lord of the Rings is that it doesn't matter if it's your destiny or not. If you do it, you do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, cause I guess it kind of was Aragorn's destiny, but then it wasn't the like exactly like what you said. It wasn't the Hobbit's destiny. Well, maybe it was. That's debatable. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Also, I I. Also, want to say we got to talk about the Battle of Pelhamor Fields. Yes. But we'll, maybe we'll do that next time. Yeah. So uh, I don't even have a funny transition for this one. We actually need to. We actually need to start playing the PSAs. But oh, uh, segment four, we'll just talk about a bunch of miscellaneous stuff, and you can find those talks only right here on Real Talk. All right, welcome back to the final segment of the Lord of the Rings episode of Real Talk. I'm joined here with my friends uh, Rebecca and Stone, and we're going to be talking about just anything miscellaneous right now about Lord of the Rings. So, are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. Yes. All right, so um, let's talk about something that we were talking about a bit during the ad breaks. Let's talk about Eowyn for a second. Yes. So, um, and specifically her I am no, no man scene. Yeah, her arc. Yes. Yeah, her arc about it. So... Um, so I, I did some reading before I came here, and I remember reading online that that scene was sort of, um, I don't know if you guys have ever read Hamlet, mm-hmm. but there's a there's a thing in, like, Hamlet where it's, like, the prophecy is, like, it's it's a son that's supposed to, like, it does, like, it's a son whose mother doesn't give birth to him or whatever. It was, like, it was, like, some weird prophecy, and and Macbeth still not it was it wasn't Hamlet it was like it was like whatever but it was Tolkien just basically wrote Eowyn as like a, a response to that so her whole like no man can kill me oh I'm no man because she's like a woman was like a response to that so it was it was weird I think when I saw it the first time but I'm like now it's like yeah no that makes sense because like the the two people that take um that take the the Nazgul. the Nazgul down is like a hobbit and then like a woman. So I think that was interesting. Yes. All right. So, so Eowyn is my girl. So I'm sorry if I dominate this. No, topic you're fine. For a second. Um, so yes, Eowyn, she is one of my favorite characters of all time of any franchise, any movie, any show, anything. She's my favorite character. Um, but we were talking earlier about her little crush on Aragorn at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I actually, a lot of people think that's like weird and why, like why did Tolkien, you know, include that, but I actually think <clears throat> it's really fitting because, you know, Eowyn is, she's, she's this, like, sort of sheltered niece of the king from Rohan, girl. Uh, not completely sheltered just because, you know, just the culture she lived in, but she definitely was more sheltered than most. And she gets out into the world, you know, she's going to battle alongside her um, brother and her uncle, and or her cousin or uncle? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's her brother and her, yeah, her brother and her uncle. Um, and she meets Aragorn, this cool, suave, you know, king of the king of the kingdom of man. And of course, like you know, any girl is going to have like a crush on him, including me when I first saw the movies. Even now, um, <laughs> it just it just goes to show, like you know, even though she's like this cool character, she's still you know your typical girl. And I mm-hmm. feel like Tolkien included that, you know, for that. And then she goes on, and you know, she gets over it, of course. Um, and then she goes on and she becomes strong and she wants to fight. She knows how to ride. Her uncle taught her how to ride and how to wield a sword and all that. And she goes on uh, to the Battle of Pelennor Fields where she disguises as a man Mulan style uh-huh. and fights. Uh-huh. Um, and she, like you said, she, her and the Hobbit end up taking down yeah. um, the Witch King with the I Am No Man scene, stabs right. him through the helmet. And I feel like her arc is just so good. It's, it's so good because it shows that, like, 
you know, this is like a little feminist spiel here, spiel uh-huh. here, but shows that you know, girls can do it too, and right, it's amazing right. while still being a girl, like just not like a girl character that's pretty much a guy, but right, she's right. a girl. No, yeah, she's it. written well. Yeah. She's written so well, right. and the something about Lord of the Rings also is that um, there. The female characters do not interact at all. I don't know if y'all know this, but the only time two female characters in the entire movies interact is when a little girl who's sheltering asks Eowyn where her mom is. And that's it. That's the only time two females ever interact in the entire movie. But yeah. it's just, it's amazing how that can be, but he still writes the females super well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was my little Eowyn uh, feminist film. Well, well, didn't they, they add extra scenes for, not Eowyn, A- um, Arwen? Ar- Arwen? Yeah, didn't they add extra scenes for Arwen, like, in the movies? Because she's not in the books as much as she's... Is. I believe so, yeah. yeah. Okay, um... So we're speaking about the um, the battle of like the Pelennor Fields. Yeah, of Pelennor Fields. Um, and so we talked about this in the previous segment. Okay, the 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 Legolas shield thing is cool. This elephant thing is very very weird. The elephant things go to the war. No, the war I love not, the elephant thing. No, yeah. it is it is nonsense. It is so cool. It's nonsense. It's, it's kind of not in my opinion. Like I I understand why you feel like that way. Because it doesn't really, it doesn't talk about it in the movies. It really doesn't. I don't know why, because it does talk about it in the books. It's that the war fence, or the war elephants, mm-hmm. um, the orcs recruited these, like, uh, foreign tri- tribes, yeah, people, people from the man. east. Yeah, they're man. from the east. So that's why the elephants don't fit in, it's because they're foreign. The orcs went out and got them to come fight with them, because uh, they wanted to follow Sauron. So that's why they. It does feel weird, and I wish the movies to talk about it. Is but. that a reference to India? Because I'm thinking about it now. If you find Britain, and they're from the east, well, India. Was it is. It is the, the only time they have like non-white people. Yeah, that works in the movie, which is a little weird. I mean, oh, it's look, just a little I mean, look, look. He did. He did write it in the. the this 30s. is the forties, like, like the thirties or thirties. Yeah. So like, I can give him a pass. But it's like it just it didn't age super age, well. Yeah, but okay. it's not too bad. Okay, look, I just no, I I understand it. It looks cool or whatever, and I know Legolas can like is like he's like lighter than snow or whatever. Because in like in like Fellowship, when they're all like trekking through the mountains, he's like walking on top uh, of yeah, it. Yeah, that's just an elf trick. And, and but like I think this sets the precedence for that scene. And I don't know if you've seen. Uh, Stone, have you ever seen like? Cause I know I might, what scene you're talking about. The, the one, one where he's like, he, he's running up. Yeah, he he has like he, he yeah. has the the video game physics, and yeah. it's like okay. At at a at a certain point, it's like okay. The shield thing is weird, but I get it. But in this one, it's like it's just like no. But how about the battle as a whole, though? The battle as a whole is I will, incredible. I will go on YouTube. I'll rewatch the beginning of that battle over and over and I over like again. The, the king's speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The king's speech, and he's just yelling and all of a sudden. It's, yeah. I have a dumb smile on my face. Yeah. I mean, that's a common theme with these movies. I'm just smiling the entire time. Oh, and yeah, it's, definitely. Uh, okay. If we're, it's such a cool ba- – I mean, it's such wide scale, and, you know, it's like that's that's your yeah. medieval battle if you're ever going to have one. If you've we're, got these two if massive we're, forces colliding. Yeah. If we're talking about, like, charges and speeches, we're – you know, like, the king made this amazing speech, and I think Aragorn blew him out of the water just saying for Frodo and then proceeding to charge. That by is himself. another great charge. Battle of the Black Gate. Yeah, that is that is amazing. And like, because they don't even know Frodo's alive. For all they know, they have no idea. Yeah, they, he could they, just be dead on the side. Yeah, they they volcano. think Frodo They're just is believing. dead. And that's they have faith in Frodo. They have faith in Frodo. They have faith in Sam. Speaking of Sam, we haven't nearly talked enough about oh, the best you're character. You're so right. Oh my goodness. We have we have five minutes. Sam, why is he MG? He is he is amazing. Uh, Sam is my favorite character. The best character of the entire movie is for oh, me. Yeah. He is he's phenomenal because he doesn't he's just he's just someone who helps people. Yes. I think I think if we were to if Lord I feel like if Lord of the Rings was written by like any other author, Sam would be the hero, I guess. Oh yeah. And but I just love that Sam was just Sam's literally a gardener. Mm-hmm. Like his job is just to like and he, he calls Frodo Mr. Frodo or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, that's cute. And it's it's this they're just too like two people who sort of like latch onto each other in this like great time of needs and that sort of like reminds me of like the soldier stuff and you know when Sam goes like oh I can't carry that ring but I can carry you it's such a good scene. scene I love I love it when um when they they you know Frodo gets like corrupted or whatever and like they throw the they finally throw the ring and like Gollum we haven't talked about Gollum either oh my God. yeah oh, and now it's just not enough time to no talk I, about I, I know there's so but, much to talk about yeah. but you know and and when um when 
Frodo just goes like, Sam, I don't think there's going to be a return trip. And you can just see Sam sort of like crumble, I guess, yeah. a bit. Because... It would have been her. You know, it's in in all of, you know, Sam never stopped being optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he's... I think Tolkien sort of rewarded that like optimistic feeling of like people who want to go home, like with the Eagles, I guess. Yeah. And oh, the Eagles. The yeah. people? We haven't talked yeah. about the Eagles. Yeah. We haven't talked about the Eagles. They couldn't have flown there. Exactly. Because Sauron exactly. would have seen them. Mm-hmm. He's literally a giant eye. Stop asking that question. Why couldn't they have just taken the Eagles to Mordor? Because they're massive. <laughs> they're like airplanes. Exactly. You don't you don't you, you, you don't stealthily approach your opponent's base with like a Boeing forty seven four or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that Saruman <laughs> yeah. would have seen them. Yeah, as well it's and like done what so. are you doing? You know? And I I don't understand why people keep asking that question. It's such a goofy question. I think it's like a meme that people start taking seriously. Yeah. yeah. Just like just don't take the Eagles. And obviously like you know, but well, Sam is amazing, and you know he gets his happily ever after with like the girl he likes and Rosie. You know, Rosie, and they have kids. I don't know if Tolkien wrote like a two hundred page story backstory for her. Not uh, really. He he, 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 he. I mean, this man wrote about. He made his own language. He probably True. he probably has something in there. I mean, he's but, one of the best. I think greatest yeah. authors. Of oh yeah, definitely. yeah. You could probably say he is the greatest author of all time. Like I like, mean, like like who would rival him? Like respectable, like respectfully. There's some of the old. I mean, Shakespeare. I mean, I guess, but like in terms of like complicated fantasy story writing, in terms I, of that, I will I think say he is George. The best. Oh yeah, I will say George R. R. Martin does kind of give Tolkien a run for his money just when it comes to like complicated like fantasy stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because man, Game of Thrones is so weird to wrap my head around at first. It's so different. It, yeah, it is, but it still it still has that Lord yeah. of the Rings base yeah. like I talked yeah. about earlier. It that still high has fantasy. Still has Sean Bean. Poor mm-hmm. guy just can't catch a break. Oh, man. <laughs> I love Sean <laughs> this I did like is it He's Boromir. He's Boromir, reference. yeah. But mm-hmm. yes. God. I love I, what's the thing that's like he like Aragorn starts wearing Boromir's like braces, like the entire trilogy. Does he really? Yeah. I miss that. Oh yeah, he does. He, he does. Yeah, it, it's like it's cause he says like he's like my king, I would have followed you like to the end. And I was like, oh, oh. dude. We can't talk about Boromir too much. I'll start crying. Nah. <laughs> we have we, we literally have like a minute left. Oh, if, wow. if, if you start so crying now, then you'll be fine. There's so uh, much sure. to talk about with these there's movies. So, there's so much to talk about. So if you have to... You should have done like one episode per movie. <laughs> God. Yeah, <laughs> p- people, people tell me to do that for the trilogies. And I'm like, we only have so many weeks and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, if you... If audience at home, if you're listening, if you're so inclined... Lord of the Rings, I believe all three are now on Netflix. So are if you they? It, yes, so it, I I remember seeing Fellowship on Netflix. They're on Amazon Prime too because the Rings yes. of Power and the extended edition is actually on Amazon Prime. I, right. I believe the ones on Netflix and HBO are actually only just the theatrical. The theatrical editions. Mm-hmm. But if you want to watch extended, they're on uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. And then very uh, um, obviously, I'm sure you can find them on physical. They're like uh, they're they're on oh, physical yeah. everywhere. So if you are, you know, so inclined to buy them, you know, you can go out and find them. But, you know, I want to say uh, thank you so much, uh, Rebecca and Stone, for joining yeah, us. No problem. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. And especially um, if you joined us late or if you weren't able to uh, listen to the full episode, this will be going on Spotify later this week. So, uh, yeah, so don't worry about it. And as always, here at Real Talk, we're always rolling. you guys all enjoyed that episode of real talk for late listeners check your podcast player of choice for the full episode and make sure to follow weagle fm on instagram thank you and have a great night